Yes. It's a question I asked before, but uh, um, I don't completely remember all the, the details. Of it. It's the question about faith, you know, like that verse in the Gita that says we are faith in the 17th chapter, and something that Chiramarj had said that if you have faith in a piece of straw, you'll make progress. And couple that with the idea that you may have a so-called big guru and not take advantage of it, and you may have what some people think is a small guru, if there are such things, and make more progress. Because sometimes people say, you know, well, you're a prophet disciple, you're so lucky. And I said, no, you're more lucky, because you're das and das and das. So just the power of faith, the importance of faith, and how you can make more progress with more faith, even arguably in a, in a Madhyam world. Well, uh, you, you kind of brought up a broad topic, but um, yes, uh, you started with the Gita, Krishna, Arjuna asks Krishna, therein about um, what is the position of people who have faith but don't follow the Shastra, basically, um, through some oral tradition or perhaps uh, um, yeah or whatever the local uh, idea of worship may be you know you can find in India gods and goddesses are appearing all the time um, whether they're in the Shastra or not that that's another thing um, so, um, Krishna, of course, answers in a broad way by saying that there's faith in different modes of nature. Mm-hmm. And um, he concludes the chapter by saying, mm-hmm. So, those who don't follow the Shastra, Nasukam, there's no happiness, Naparam Gatim, no attaining the supreme destination. So, a lot of weight there put in, put on the uh, idea of following the Shastra, and oftentimes we uh, further qualify the idea that faith is all that is required in order to tread the path of bhakti, as opposed to, for example, yoga or jnana. You need faith also, and that um, then speaks to the universality of faith, as Krishna also speaks about it in that chapter, where it says, Shraddhavayam Purusha, a person is their, is their faith. Faith is the animating principle in life. So if we don't have faith that um, that when you pay your, 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 for your ticket, you're going to get a flight, you know, you're not going to do it. So um, faith enables us to move forward and as much as we're suspicious and don't have faith then we're suspended so suspended animation Shigamarsh gave that kind of example suspicion leads to suspension and faith leads to animation movement Um, so everybody's moving according to a certain type of faith but faith in in Shastra is what we um, speak about when we say faith is required for treading the path of bhakti Whereas, again, to tread the path of yoga or jnana, faith is also required, but other things are required as well. 
which speaks to the limit of the power of those paths. They require other things to be in place from this side in order for them to be effective. Bhakti has greater power, so she requires less, really almost nothing really from this side at all, practically nothing, hmm? because the faith in her also comes from the other side. Hmm? It comes through sadhusanga. <clears throat> and so if we have the good fortune of sadhusanga and who in the sadhus, they follow the Shastra, they speak, uh, teach according to the Shastra, so they foster faith in that, right? Um, so uh, then your question is further concerning what is the equation, it's kind of what you're asking, between the faith that the disciple has and the standing in transcendence of the guru, because gurus may be of different realizations, hmm? different levels, let's say, of realization. And so, what's the what's the equation, or how, how does it it work, so to speak? Well, again, um, um, the faith that we do have, it comes from. Uh, an example, it comes from teachers, um, uh, so they have to have enough standing to create the faith in, in, in the first place. Um, and let's just emphasize this for a second also. Faith means, as I say, Shastriya, Shraddha, faith in Shastra. The broad idea of that is that I have faith that on the strength of my mind, senses, or intellect, I cannot make a comprehensive solution to the problems at hand. Hmm? So I need help from outside of my limited material resources, which are really a product of my own ignorance. The mind I have, the intelligence I have, the body I have, these are all a result of my karma. Karma means uh, ignorance, really. Hmm? Um, the, the taking from material nature for which we owe, and so on and so forth. So. That which is a product of my bondage is not going to be an, a, a suitable instrument on it, unto itself to take me outside of the bondage. There's a way that I can use all of those things, mind, intelligence, intellect, and that is in conjunction with bhakti, in conjunction with the descending grace of the Godhead. And so one of the ways in which uh, Krishna makes himself available in a prominent way is through the revelation of the sacred texts. So you have the Veda Mata. Sometimes the Vedas are compared to a mother. And then the, the Guru is the father, so they don't they don't disagree. Hmm? There's no divorce there between the Guru and the scripture. If there's a divorce then you know that, that's that's a problem. Um, so so the faith that we have um, to tread the path is Shastriya Shraddha. Uh, with regard to treading the path, Rupa Goswami has spoken about three levels of qualification for following the path, and they are all measures or degrees of faith. So he speaks about those who are kanishta adhikar. Adhikar means uh, like a candidate, like eligibility. Hmm? Um, so if you want to apply for a job, you have certain have to have certain eligibility. Maybe 
they describe it on the uh, in the ad. You have to have a college degree in this. You have to have experience in the field and so forth. So eligibility for bhakti is faith and faith in scripture. And so there are different degrees of eligibility. The Kanishta Adhikari is eligible um, based on his or her faith, even though that faith is komal. Komal means uh, soft or tender. It's weak faith. Hmm? So in the beginning, it's it's uh, uh, understandable that our faith would be li- would be limited, uh, weak, because also our understanding of the scriptural argument, which is pretty comprehensive, is is not very developed. Hmm? Now the Madhyam Adhikar, who has an intermediate degree of eligibility to tread the path, his faith is Dridanishta, so it's fixed. His faith is firm, and it's been firmed by hearing the scriptural argument, understanding it, which kind of like puts you up against the wall, puts you in a corner, so to speak, and and enables you to deal with things that come up in the mind and the distraction of the senses, understand them, and so on and so forth, and keep oneself focused on the practice. Then the superlative uh, or uttam uh, eligibility is you know, an, uh, arguably another degree of faith that constitutes as much as faith as Shastriya Shraddha here, the faith is such that it uh, enables the um, Adhikaran to um, to reason uh, uh, well. Shastriya Yukti is one of the quali- quali- uh, one of the qualities of that uh, that Uttam Adhikar, Adhikari, a, a, uh, to reason about the implication of shastra, to, to put the put the put things together, not just to quote a verse out of here and not understand the context and and how it fits with. You, know, you can read it verse and oh, it says this, it means this, but he'd be a key or she is acquainted enough with the, the shastras to know it can't. It sounds like this. It couldn't mean that. Or this, it has to mean this because of this. Because, just like, for example, you take the work of Jiva Goswami in, uh, say, let's say, uh, in Tatvasandarbha, he he points out that yeah, there are many uh, statements in the Bhagavatam that may appear to contradict one another. Let's let's take one for example. I was uh, commenting on today. Kaivalyam, Kaivalyakyam Prayojanam. The twelfth canon, which is the end of the Bhagavatam, it says, and the Prayojan, the goal of this book is Kaivalya. Mm-hmm. Hmm? So Kaivalya is a is a word that is uh, very popular amongst the Advaitins. Hmm? Kaivalya means like alone, it means exclusive, it means oneness. Hmm? Kaivalyam. Um, so it's a it's a it's a term that is often used to refer to Brahma Sayuja, hmm? merging with Brahman, Brahman real, realization, realization of the in, the indifferent, undifferentiated, indeterminate uh, feature of the absolute. So. I have heard people say, well, the Bhagavatam says it right here. Kaivalyam, Kaivalyakyam Prayojanam. So, who cares what you guys say the Bhagavatam's about? 
it says it right here. So that, what that word means and typically brings to mind would be, is certainly at odds with what the Gaudias teach the Bhagavatam is about. And nobody embraces the Bhagavat more Srimad Bhagavatam than the Gaudias. That's their, their main text. I mean, Jiva Goswami and Tapasandarbha has made a whole extensive argument as to the centrality of Srimad Bhagavatam and, and it's, uh, it's uh, being the, uh, the final word, so to speak, the hub around which the other texts orbit and will be understood in relation to in, in, in terms of context. So when, when you hear Kaivalyakyam Prayojanam, then you have to look back. This is Shastra Yukti. Now, you have to look back and say, well, wait a minute. In the seventh chapter of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, it's mentioned that Vyas, uh, the trance that Vyas went into, the samadhi that he went into at the um, direction of Narada, because he was feeling incomplete after having compiled all the Vedic literature, Narada said, because you have not sufficiently laid emphasis on bhakti, hmm, so that people would know in no uncertain terms that, that this is central to um, to spiritual attainment, regardless of the path of vigyan or yoga. Hmm, you need some bhakti and so forth. So uh, something from that side, in other words. Hmm, to go to that side, you need help from, from that side. No currency on this side, it's all counterfeit. Hmm? No matter how how well printed it is, mm-hmm. yoga or gyan, very refined, sattva, it's, it doesn't give you any purchasing power. You need something from that side, right? To have currency to purchase land in that in that realm. So, uh, so Vyasa went into, his, into samadhi and trance, and then the trance of Vyasa is described by Sutta Goswami, and if you study the trance, of, it's about seven, eight verses where it's described, and there you find this achintya beta beta metaphysic, a description of the nature of being and the absolute that uh, that describes it as one and different interpenetrating unity and and diversity. Hmm? Means simultaneously interpen- interpenetrating. You find in the in the in the in the Shruti in the Upanishads statements as to the oneness, non-duality of the absolute. You find statements as to as to difference, and you find statements as to oneness and and, and difference. So, so at any rate, this that that is where in the Bhagavatam this uh, it's it's really it's 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 Jiva Goswami's term a beta beta although I think Sanatana Goswami invokes uh, something pretty similar maybe beta beta in 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 uh, his Priya Bhagavatama which precedes the writings of Jiva Goswami but a beta beta inconceivable simultaneous unity and diversity oneness and difference between really Bhagavan and his Shaktis mm-hmm. is what it means so. That being what Vyas realized in his trance, hmm, that's what he wrote about. Hmm? Now, if you look at the Chinti Beta Beta, that what that 
tattva, that kind of philosophical ground, mandates in terms of how it would play out in transcendence a a unity with the absolute and a differentiation at the same time. And this is precisely what love is. Love is a unity and love is a difference at the same time. Hmm? Two becoming one, you and I become we. We're both there. Hmm? We haven't gone away. It's not a unity where you disappear and you disappear. Both are there in a new way. Hmm? That makes a third. There's you and there's me and then there's we. Hmm? You and me are there in we, but we is a third thing. Hmm? It's better. <laughs> uh, so, so we have Bhagawan, we have Radha. Radha is the Shakti, Bhagawan is the Shakti, Shakti Man. They come together. Hmm? That is Bhakti Rasa. So, Rasa Vaisa. So, uh, the absolute is Rasa. Hmm? There's a two, but the two are one. Like I've said before, you can't have a teacher and a student. You can you can't have a teacher without a student. You can't have a student without a teacher. You need both. Hmm? And if you take one away, the other one doesn't isn't there anymore. Hmm? Kind of. But I mean, so so you need both. Hmm? Both are. You need love, and you need the object of love that you will repose your love in. So if you don't have the object of love, then there's nowhere to repose your love. How can you love? And if you want to repose your love, if you're love, there's nowhere to repose it, then... So you need both. So love is a, a, a unity and difference at the same time. So this is what Vyasa realized, and of course it's described there. He saw Bhagwan, hmm, um, and he saw uh, Bhagwan like the moon with its shine. Hmm? Shine is referring to its uh, srup shakti. Hmm? He saw the Maya shakti, hmm? and he saw the Jiva shakti under the influence of the Maya shakti, and he saw Srimad Bhagavatam as the remedial measure for the uh, condition of the Jiva, and so on and so forth. So, if you look at it carefully, you see what the metaphysic, philosophical ground um, of the Bhagavatam the story of the Bhagavatam arises out of. And it's not a, an, an absolute or radical non-dualism that it posits mm-hmm. as is the, as to the nature of the of, of being. Hmm? So therefore, Kaivalya Kyam Prayojanam, well, you have to interpret the word Kaivalya such that it makes sense in terms of the trance of, of Vyas. Hmm? You can't translate it differently. So it's very... See, this is Shastra Yukti. Jiva Goswami is exhibiting this uh, to the extreme in his uh, Sandarbhas. Hmm? Hmm. Um, so I think he deals with it briefly in uh, in, uh, in Tattva Sandarbha. Hmm? And in Preeti Sandarbha he deals with it, with it also, describing... Uh, uh, he pulls out two other verses from earlier in the Bhagavatam, hmm, where the word Kaivalya is, is also used. One verse in the 11th canto, um, where 
Kaivalya, Kaivalya is used as to, to, to describe Bhagwan. He is Kaivalya. He says it refers to God. And then another verse from Skanda Purana, actually, he cites, um, that describes the nature of Bhagavan as Kaivalya. So he says, so Kaivalya Kyam Prayojana means the goal of this this is is to is to attain Mr. Kaivalya. <laughs> Uh, Bhagwan, and furthermore, to attain the nature of 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 of, of Bhagwan, which is Preeti, hmm? he has a loving nature. He's Bhaktavatsala. Hmm? Look at it once more for just a second. Who could be more one with Krishna than Radha? Hmm? And she is Kaivalyam, right? Also. Right? He is of the nature of Preeti. So this way he explains. So this is called Shastra Yukti, to be able to do this. And that that is, that is if you want your mind blown, then you read the Sandharvas and you see Ajiva Goswami. This idea that the Goswamis drew from all the sacred texts to establish Bhakti, it really comes out in the, in the Sandharvas of Jiva Goswami, where he's just dealing with, it basically consists for the most part, of, of a string sandarbha, a necklace of verses from the Bhagavatam. Hmm? And he's putting them all together. Diverse statements and showing how they're all saying the same thing and Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam and so on. And that's what the, that's what the whole Krishna sandarbha is about, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. It's showing that this one statement, one line, is, is the hub, another hub, so to speak, around which the Bhagavatam moves and so on. So, um, so, as far as the qualification or the, the, the symptoms, the characteristics of one who's um, supremely eligible to tread the path, the Uttamadikar, Adhikari, um, he or she has, can engage in Shastra Yukti. At the end of the first chapter of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, this uh, Shastra Yukti is also mentioned um, by Rupa uh, Goswami, Jiva Goswami, in his commentary. Uh, where he says that in order to do Shastra Yukti, you need some ruchi, some taste for the for the text, some feeling for it. Hmm? Like Subal years ago, he said that Swami Triparari he speaks Vaishnavism. It's like a language. He, he's fluent in the in the language. Uh, I appreciated the comment. Hmm? Um, so this kind of fluency. Uh, we, we see we, I mean, in a small way in me, but in, in Jiva Goswami you can you can find this, and it's 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 very and it's very <coughs> awe-inspiring, really. Um, his command, and of course, in, in 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 explaining the way he does, he establishes the whole sampradaya. What what is the teaching? Um, and then Shastra Yukti Shastra Nipuna. Hmm? Shastra Nipuna means Nipuna means genius. So again, Shastra Nipun, he or she is a scriptural genius. Now, how does that um, differ from Shastra Yukti? Because we're talking about Jiva Goswami's genius in reasoning about the scripture. Um, it's maybe just another, you know. Way of saying something similar, but it, but I also like to think of it that it is those genius answers to questions 
that aren't necessarily quoting the scripture. Hmm. I'll give you like a simple one. Like Prabhupada would uh, would be asked um, something about um, in in Goloka, what happens to people after they eat? Hmm? And Prabhupada would say, why don't you go there and find out? That's like Shastra Nipun. <laughs> Those kind of genius kind of, oh, okay, they just kind of take you out of your head, so to speak. <laughs> uh, where you're trying to, you're trying to be a Shastra Yukti, right? But you're, 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 not, you're not something like that. Uh, trying to do Shastra Yukti. So, um, so each of these levels of eligibility are levels of faith, and faith means implies experience of the of the idea. Pujapachitamar hmm. used to describe the part of Yom, the spiritual world, as planets of faith. We live in a planet of doubt. There should be no doubt about that. Hmm. Here we're guided at best by our intellect, and the intellect is always doubting, questioning. Hmm. Hmm. Questioning. Hmm. So that's the filter. That can't be our home. Imagine living in a place where you always have to doubt. Hmm. That can't be the homeland of the heart, so to speak. Hmm. We're on we're on, on guard hmm. constantly. So there's a fear that pervades. Hmm. Um so, so to go beyond the intellect is where we will find peace. Everywhere we will find happiness. And love knows no reason, so it must transcend the limits of reason. It's not unreasonable, but it picks up where reason leaves off. Reason can only take us so far. It's not something to put on the altar. It's something we can use and can in service of who's on the altar. That, that's what makes reason beautiful. Reason is not a comprehensive way of knowing. Reason is a fence-sitting event. Could be this, could be that. Could be this side. Which way will I jump? You could sit there forever and wonder. Hmm? Meanwhile, the cow's just eating the grass on the other side, it's greener. Hmm? <laughs> Without having to think about it. Right? So, Reason is not a comprehensive way of knowing. Belief, credo, I guess Latin, hmm, uh, uh, faith, shadha, this is actually a way of knowing. It's not. A, it's not a belief that's part of intellect. I believe this. I could believe that. But it's. It's. Um, it's. Um, it gets you off the fence. Again, faith is the animating principle, so it gets you off the fence. And as such, a taste, an experience, and thus a way of knowing that even if you can't explain it, you know it. Hmm? That's the position of the Madhyama. He or she can't necessarily explain it in all circumstances, but she she's not leaving it. Hmm? She knows it. Hmm? So, so different degrees of faith, and uh, of course, and then the faith comes from good association, and so on and so forth. So, you know, you're asking for an equation. I can't give you an exact equation. How much is the faith, and how much is the qualification of the guru? Because it will be different in different circumstances. People who come to this not all from the same background. All the flowers don't blossom at the same time. 
Some people joined today, some people joined 40 years ago, some people joined 40 lifetimes ago, hmm? and some 400 lifetimes ago. Hmm? So we're all coming, so one may come in from a very, uh, let, let's take Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Hmm? If we look at Bhaktivinoda Thakur, just uh, as he describes himself, um, aside from anybody's faith or subjective um, um, projection as to his standing, he describes himself in one autobiographical letter to uh, his uh, son, Lit Prashad. And, um, but, but if we, if we look, at his, look at it like this, if we look at his contribution and the way in which he progressed, we find in him things that we don't find in his guru. That's just a fact. We had no disrespect. But his Diksha Guru was Bipin Bihari Goswami. We don't find the same things in him that we find in Bhaktivinoda Thakur. In fact, we find one of the things we find in Bhaktivinoda Thakur is the excavation of the Yoga Pith, the, 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 the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that he reasoned had been lost by time. Um, and over time. And it was Jagannath Das Babaji who, who confirmed that. Hmm? Very exalted person in the community at that time. But Bibin Bihari Goswami did not acknowledge it and publicly wrote in a paper disowning Bhakti Minotakur for his claim as to the present day Yogapit in Mayapur. Because there's another place that was previously thought to be the the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Bhaktivinoda didn't, didn't, didn't thought that that was not correct and people were using that place just to uh, make a living because pilgrims would come and give money to to, the, to build something which never got built and they never come back because it's hard to be walk all the way across India and time's gone by and come all the way to Vrindavan. So we just need to fix the altar. <laughs> it's always broken. Now, um, this happens in general. I don't want to offend anybody who may be a Vaishnava of that birthplace or another, but this kind of thing does happen. And it was happening pretty readily in the time of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And so, um, so it's reasonable to say we find things in Bhaktivinoda that are desirable and we don't find the same things or the same measure of them in Bipin Bihari Goswami. Hmm? I mean, we're all here. Because of Bhakti Vinod, Bhakti Vinod, Paribharaki Jai. Hmm? So, what was Bhakti Vinod's background? He still came into the world, he still took initiation, but he just went through, like he writes in his biography, like goes through all these stages. He's not typically saying, I went through this stage, I went through this stage. But if, when I read it many, many years ago, it was like, wow, he, was, he went through this, he passed through Christianity, Mayavadi, all these ideas, he passed through them very quickly, came to Chaitanya Charitamrita, embraced the Bhagavatam, and the next thing you know, before he was initiated, and before he was wearing Tulsi beads, before he was wearing Tilak, he gave the Bhagavad speech, which is a famous, famous speech at the public that just will electrify you if you read it. One sadhu in Puri said, before you, um, what did he say? Um, he criticized him uh, for not wearing Tilak or something like that. And giving lectures, and Bhaktivinoda says, "Well, what can I do? I haven't found my guru yet." 
So you get your T-log from the guru, or you get neck beats from the guru. I haven't found my guru yet. But meanwhile, he's giving lectures and people coming and listening. And <laughs> so he had a background, right? If you want to say he came from Goloka or, or wherever, wherever he was in the previous life, uh, he's bringing that with him into this life. So this is just to set an example. Here the his standing was extraordinary. Hmm? So you may have extraordinary guru and weak standing, you might have strong standing and and a, a lesser adhikari um, uh, guru. Hmm? That's possible. Um, and that um, might become apparent in life, it might not. Uh, but um, um, there's something to be said, and I think this is, you know, what you're getting at here, for however much one gives oneself. So um, let us say you give your, let's say, let's say a salesman comes to your house, and it used to be when I was a kid they'd come sell vacuums or something like that, or some kind of rug cleaner to your mother or something, the World Book Encyclopedia or something. So let's say, let's say, okay, let's say the World Book Encyclopedia man that comes to your door and he says, I'm gonna, here's a set, I'm going to buy you a set, it's going to cost this much money, give me the check, and then we'll, I can't give you this set because i got to show this next door too, but we'll send you it, give you a receipt, and we'll send you the check, send you the set. So, okay, you, you give your check, and then he keeps the check, let's say, and you never get your, your encyclopedia. Problem. You gave your check. So then you, what do you do? You know, you approach the company and say, I gave my check. Hmm. And they say, well, got a receipt? And maybe you got your receipt, or maybe you don't. Maybe you lost your receipt, because you had someone, you just trusted the guy, so you lost your receipt. But um, you got a canceled check, or maybe you don't even. Hmm. But they tend to believe you. I mean, would you just go make up a story? I gave a check. I didn't get my, my 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 encyclopedias just to get a free set. Even if there's somebody cheats, like give the guy a free set, you know, whatever. But typically, um, so you go and you appeal that I gave my money, I didn't get my set. So the company becomes embarrassed that their representative has kept the check and for himself or the money. Let's say it was cash, kept the cash himself, and so that then they send two sets. And they send their best representative. Their top best representative he comes and he brings some cookies too. Hmm? <laughs> and he gives two sets, one for you and one for your children and their grandchildren. Something like that. Hmm? So there's something to be said for giving ourselves um, according to uh, the um, the uh, association that we have then we said for there's no loss in that. So we give ourselves entirely and we're giving ourselves to Krishna through an agent of Krishna who may not be even a qualified agent, it's possible, may even be a deviant agent. So in my analysis, the, the, the faith and the devotion given is not lost because there's an intention of where to give it. There's a false representation, hmm? But it's not like, oh, I gave everything and I didn't get anything out of that. Hmm? Of course, you got so many things out of it. You learned so many things and you learned that he or she was bogus, you know. And so mistakes 
are only as bad as you don't learn learn from them. Hmm? And there can only be misrepresentation if there's a proper representation. So, as much as mistakes or or, or, or just, I don't mean like a personal mistake necessarily, but um, whatever, um, things like this happen, uh, they, 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 um, um, if we learn from them, if we don't make mistakes, how will we learn? Is one way to look at it. Um, and you know, I, I'll tell you frankly, um, <laughs> um, you know, there are things that I thought about Prabhupada that I don't think now, hmm? because I've learned more. Hmm? But how to think about what he said over here and what he said over there? Hmm? And I think, mm, I wish he had dotted his I over here, and I wish he crossed his, crossed his T over here, but I guess he didn't have time. So I'll do that. There was a time I never thought like that. Hmm? Do you understand? Hmm? <laughs> you understand? There was a time I didn't think like that. Now I, I can see that. Hmm? I could say, oh, I guess he didn't know that point. or he, But I but I don't think like that. Hmm? Um for other reasons, I, you know, I, I know his, what is his love for Krishna and so forth. And of course, I know what he was doing. I can reason about it and so forth. It, it, it's not a problem, but I never, I didn't have to use that reasoning in previous times. It's just the light way of saying, you know, um, I found, in, and you can do this everywhere. Okay, so there are people that see, oh, Prabhupada said this here, and they said this there. It's a contradiction, and over here. They don't make that contradiction. So they're right. Prabhupada was wrong. I should leave Prabhupada in the Bhaktivinoda party bar because Bhakti Siddhanta said it too and Bhakti and I'll go over here. Hmm? And I'll have my guru over here. And 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 everything is gonna be absolutely you know, he's gonna walk on air or whatever. Yeah. It's not happening. It's not happening. I can tell you that. Hmm? Wherever you go, you're going to find... He said it like this. And also, of course, you know, you know, take someone like Prabhupada who came to the West and then started dealing with Western questions and customs and and so forth. And other people are just quiet on certain issues. But if they spoke up, they'd say something similar to Prabhupada, which might not sound great socially or, you know, in the modern times, or 40, 50 years later, because time changes and so forth. Hmm? Maybe sitting at this kund or that you know, Kutir, and so forth. He doesn't have to comment on those, those things. He doesn't have a, a reporter, you know, coming up to him and saying, you know, why do you shave your head? You know, and the Prabhupada said, why do you shave your leg? You know, <laughs> it's good to have a cool head, but it's better to have a warm leg or something like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, he was dealing with the whole, just, you know, it was like a different planet kind of a thing. And making comments and uh, about society, about history, and getting into some relative fields of, of 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 knowing and so forth. So his answers could be relative, and you might go, "Ouch!" At one point, that answer doesn't sound very good right right now, and so on. Mm-hmm. So these are things I had to deal with. In my, there are also things about Trader Marsh I had to deal with over time. Mm-hmm. Like everything he said, every, I think, okay, well, he said it like that. Hmm. I wish he had said it like this. And, I, and so, but, <laughs> but you know, it's not, 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 not 
Um, but I know that goes on everywhere, too. Hmm? So what I'm saying is that there's some imperfectness of a sort or some relativity hmm, that's inevitable when the absolute appears in a human uh, vehicle hmm, to distribute itself. Uh, there are going to be things that could be seen as imperfections. There, there may be real imperfections in some instances that are problematic, but I'm saying, you know, on a, on a, on a higher level, there there will be um, um, things that, that, that come up um, as well. Uh, but but um, there's something to be said for giving oneself entirely to the sadhusanga that one gets hmm? and uh, the fact that um, as much as you give yourself, as much as it's going to be come back, even if the agent is uh, limited in some way. Krishna is like the encyclopedia company, so he is going to, you know, he, he'll make up for that. He'll make up. He may send us another agent hmm, to help top things off. You know, and that is, of course, been a system for since forever in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, because it's been going on forever. Bhaktivinoda speaks about it. It's there even way, way prior to Bhaktivinoda, there are things written about it. Guru ended up not having complete knowledge, woken my faith, uh, cultured my faith to a certain point, and then the fountain kind of dried up, so to speak. And so, Siksha Guru. Hmm? Respect him, Siksha Guru, take and so forth, right? So this um, this is this is was a practical um, measure that was obviously taken within Gaudiya Vaishnavism to preserve the the um, position of the Guru even in the face of some inconsistency, some some, some shortcoming. You know, on, on on some level, there are also statements that guru should be rejected. Now, that those are extreme sta- cases, hmm? um, according to the scripture. But there's this safety valve. There's this kind of like, okay, some problem here. Then you can have a six year guru. That would, they, they would say it was a very kind of. Um, well, it's with 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 the interest of protecting the institution. I think of the, of the guru. Over, overall, um, um, so it's been in place for for, for centuries. Bhaktivinoda talks about it. The guru is lacking in knowledge, or maybe there's something in his character that comes up that's a problem. Then, you know, one could take Siksha Guru in extreme case if he becomes a Vaishnava Parati, hmm, then um, you know one could one should, should should leave him. There are other statements. If he doesn't know what to do, how to act, what not what to say, what not to say, then he can be uh, left and so on and so forth. She. So, I mean, those are individual cases and we can't sort it out with just one mandate from the scripture. And um, individuals are also, nobody's bought and paid for, so to speak. I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the guru is a teacher. So the student is, 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 is learning. And, um, Disciples, not like I mean, I, I don't look like the property of the guru. Students aren't properties of the of the, of the teacher. They try to teach them, um, and uh, if if they can't, at a certain level, encourage the growth of their faith 
then that guru should encourage that person to seek out some help somewhere else uh, where he could find faith. I had a student who was previously in ISKCON. He was from another Eastern European country. And um, and he came to me, wanted to take initiation, and he did. And I could see after some time that he was always like, you know, questioning and, and, and so forth. So I, I brought, brought him and I said, you know, the problem is that you don't have complete faith in me. So let me make a suggestion to you. you know. And then I pointed to promote Puri Maharaj. I said, you know, why don't you go and associate with him, see if you can get faith in him. Hmm? Because Puri Maharaj is going to be, was like 100 years old, you know. <laughs> I mean, he was qualified, so when he was 100 years old, uh, you know, you couldn't get as close to him, and ask as many questions, see his humanness, you know, everything he did would look like completely absolute, you know, he's just like falling over, okay, you know, he must be in ecstasy. And I don't want to take anything away from Puri Maharaj, you know, he was a very exalted devotee, but, um, so I sent him to Puri Maharaj, and I built up his faith in Puri Maharaj, and he went there and he had faith in Puri Maharaj. He probably never had more than two words discussion with Puri Maharaj. But Puri Maharaj wrote to me, through Maharaj says, this guy's come here, he's a Russian, there are problems, he said, <laughs> for us. <laughs> That's what he said. But, you know, I pretty much will not give him initiation unless you give your, your blessings to this. Hmm? So then I had the right, give blessings, please yeah, help him, so forth, so on. So, um, so, you know, our interest from a teacher's point of view is, is to help the, the, the people. If we can see he's not making it here. Send him over there. Uh, Puja Marsh had a disciple what was his name? He was the treasurer of the temple. I can't re- remember his name. He was a brahmachari, but I think he later he took sannyas maybe from Guru Maharaj. Uh, Sharan, Krishna Sharan. Krishna Sharan, I think, was his name. So he he, he was a, uh, like a lifelong brahmachari. There were two of them. I forget the Hari Charan was the other one's name. Um, Krishna Sharan and Hari Charan. So uh, in an early stage of their Involvement with Pujapatrita Marsh, Krishna Marsh didn't have much going on. You know, he just living in Navadweep there. Uh, and they didn't have enough money to get r- enough rice all the time. Mm-hmm. And rice is, you know, the main meal. That, um, so they were quite poor. And Krishna Sharan, he had some doubt about Sridhar Marsh's spiritual, you know, power and so forth. And he developed some faith in Puri Maharaj, actually promote Puri Maharaj. So Sridhar sent him to stay with, with Puri Maharaj, who was living in Madhav Maharaj's moth. And Madhav Maharaj was good at organizing and opening temples, and Sridhar Maharaj wasn't good at that, you know. And that wasn't his really his interest. So there was more going on in Madhav Maharaj's mission, and Puri Maharaj was part of it, hmm? which is in, further in, indicates there was something going on there, and movement and so forth. And so on. But after time, then he saw the way in which Puri Marsh related to Sridhar Marsh. Hmm? When we met Puri Marsh, I met Puri Marsh first at Sridhar Marsh's mouth. He used to come every year for the Vyasa Puja of Sridhar Marsh and say something. And sometimes he would come on other other days too, you know, unexpectedly. And um, in a, and of course, after Sridhar Marsh left, I was staying in Vrindavan, and Puri Marsh came to Vrindavan as he was doing annually and staying at Madhav Marsh's moth where Yogur Marsh resided for many years. Um, Bhakti Bhagyam Bharati Maharaj. 
and and you know Puri Marge there too, I met him. So and he was staying there, and I heard that Puri Marsh is staying at Madamar's moth. So we were in in the um, in uh, uh, near Rangaji Gardens. We were in the we had a piece of property that was owned by Govinda, leased to Rangaji, and then he subleased it to us. And it was near the Matura Road. So I, I heard that Puri Marsh was. So I went there. He just staying in a little room. Bodine Marsh was there, and. Um, and I started bringing Western devotees there during Kartik, and Puri Marsh is right here bringing them over and so on and so forth. Ultimately, I brought Ramdas there, who became a big uh, uh, helper of Puri Marsh's mission, opened temples for him and so forth, uh, printed his books and everything. So, uh, at any rate, I, at, at any rate, uh, Puri Marsh, when, when we knew him, if you would mention Sridhar Marsh's name, he would go oh, like this. When he came to Brindakunj, uh, then he, he, Pramilwiti uh, Maharaj was showing him the altar and so, and he was looking and he saw a picture of Sridhar Maharaj, picture of Prabhupada, picture of himself. He said, what is my picture doing there? With, with those two, like this, you know. This is his, so he was very, so I, Krishna Sharan developed faith in Sridhar Maharaj through his faith in Puri Maharaj, <laughs> further faith. Then he came back, so by the time we came to the moth, he was fixed in a resident of Chaitanya Saraswat Math. Um, there was a time in Gaudiya Math after the departure of Bhakti Siddhanta where the sannyasis who went independent um, and formed their own missions, Keshav Maharaj, uh, uh, Ban Maharaj, uh, Shida Maharaj, uh, Madhav Maharaj, and so mm-hmm. forth. This is before Prabhupada uh, started his mission. They all had their moths and their disciples all knew the guru, these different uh, God disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta, and in a general way, they 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 was a disciple of Bon Marsh, considered Keshav Marsh's Siksha Guru, Shiva Marsh's Siksha Guru, Janardan Marsh's Siksha Guru, and so forth. It was a kind of a nice, uh, independent, not formally bound together a group, but a group that uh, you know basically taught the same thing and had done the same thing, and and so on. Um, we had a little group like that at one time, myself, Parmadigwiti Maharaj, Bhakti Abhai Narayan Maharaj, and my godbrother, and, and Bhakti Gaurava Narsingha Maharaj. We used to meet every year. We did the same thing. We left this gone. We had all formed our own moths. And, but over time, then, uh, we distanced uh, by preaching and so forth more from one another. But, but at any rate, um, we're a little off track there, but um, but there is a place, I think, um, for, um, again, I use another example. You may say the prayer, Om Vishnaya Namaha, and it's supposed to be Om Vishnave Namaha. So you said it wrong, but in bhakti it will be accepted. Hmm? Because Baba Grahi Janardana, Krishna accepts the feeling, the heart. So you give your heart, hmm? And someone is saying, Krishna, follow me. I'm going to take you to Krishna. Okay, I'm going to follow you. I want to go to Krishna. You find out he's actually taking you in the other direction. Hmm? Still, you are after Krishna. So Krishna will help you. He'll bring you to good guidance, give you shelter. Hmm? Um, so I can't give you an equation, but uh, you shouldn't hold back. Try to give yourself 
entirely. And there are instances where the giving of is uh, of the heart of the disciple is greater than the capacity of the guru to give. I gave the example of Bhakti Vinod. That that can be the case. There's all kinds of nuanced situations. You could have a very exalted guru who couldn't teach you anything. Hmm? You could have Madhyamadikari Guru who's uh, very capable of teaching you. It may be more useful hmm, to imbibe the teaching. Uh, it's possible. So, so there's all kinds of combinations, is what I want to say. This is a statement of the Gita. Shiramarsh used to translate it. Sincerity is invincible. Like, they say, attracts like. So be truthful, be honest, be sincere. You can't, you can't go wrong. You think, I was sincere, how did I go wrong? You didn't. You went down a dead end and found this is a dead end. Now I go this, now I go this way. Okay, I learned that. Something like that. And, and we are like the Chakora bird who poetically has his beak towards the sky and will only take water that falls from the cloud, not water that has fallen onto the ground. Hmm? And so he may, Shri said, he keeps his beak to the sky and lightning may come down instead of rain. Hmm? So we're pursuing the absolute sincerely, how he will respond, we look at it like that. He threw like this at me. Hmm. If I want him, what does Radharani say? Aslishiva padratam banashtamam adarshanam marmahatam kurutu vayata tatava vridatulampatu mat prananatas tu sevanapara. Even if he tramples on me, hmm, he is my lord, birth after birth. Hmm. If you have this kind of faith, then you you got Shastri's rather. You go a long way. Hmm? Right? Does that help? Yeah. That's an interesting, interesting question. Anything else? What's the time? 7.30. Okay, we'll stop there. Tomorrow night is uh, uh, Bhagavad Gita will be given by Ashram Maharishi. Then Thursday, I hope to continue with the Namastakam discussions. Shishi Gaurana Madhava ki jai, Gauri Vajnav Guru Parampara ki jai, Gaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai, Panchakalpaturu Vyascha Kripasindu Vyeva Cha Patitanam Bhavani Vyavashnavi Vodamonama, Anantakodi Vashnavi Vodamonama.